Canadian winter. That's a whole <laughs> different episode that we should talk about, okay? Especially from someone who came from the Middle East. Oh my gosh. Hey guys, this is Omni Borna and Myra. Welcome to the Hidden Coconuts podcast. The show that dives deep into the lives of us coconuts, brown on the outside, white on the inside. Or in other words, those of us who identify as both South Asian and North American, juggling two identities, contemplating how they coexist. If you empathize or you are just in the neighborhood, stick around and let's get cracking our inner coconuts. All right, today we are joined by a special guest, Marwan, somebody I met in Quebec when I went for my Explore program. Marwan is originally from Yemen, but he was born and raised in Saudi Arabia. Then in 2018, he came to Canada. Marwan, is there anything you'd like to say? Oh, thank you very much, Mar. Such a great introduction. <laughs> Alrighty, uh, my name is Marwan. I'm 22 years old. I'm a student of finance in Concordia University, Montreal. Uh, I'm originally from Saudi Arabia. I was born and grew up in Saudi Arabia till the age of 18. And then when I was 18, I came to Canada, basically Montreal, with absolutely no knowledge of English and French, which was not that great. And uh, yeah, I came alone when I was uh, 18 years old. And uh, it's been life since then, a great four years. Wow, that's incredible. You moved from the other side of the world. So I can imagine just how different it would be. And you already touched on the fact that there were two new languages you had to learn. And that takes a lot of time. Yeah, a lot of time and a lot of practice. And yeah, you go through a lot through the process. But uh, I would say it's like, it's really enjoyable. Like I enjoyed it a lot, but I had my bad moments as well. For sure. Yeah. Could you elaborate like how it felt to be thrust into a society that's so different? Absolutely. Okay. So let me tell you how this all started from the beginning. I graduated from high school in, in around May 2018. After that, I was looking into my options to go to university and stuff like that. And Canada was one of the options. All right. So like after seeing all the options and blah, 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 I was like, okay, I'm going to go to Canada. And then in 2018, I took a plane. I was like, okay, fine. I'm going to go there. Not knowing anybody, but I'm going to go there, make my own way, study and everything. So that was cool. I got to Montreal. It was so different because before that, I've never traveled to any country that is English speaking country. Like I've, I've traveled, but all like to Arabic countries and, 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 and countries that are similar to my culture and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it was the first time for me going to an English speaking country or like an Arabic speaking country. So at the beginning, the first feeling I had was lost. It was just like being in the middle of the airport, not knowing anybody, not knowing anything. People are talking to me. I'm like, huh, huh, yeah, huh, huh. Like I was basically speaking body language. You know what I mean? So it wasn't English, it wasn't Arabic, it was body language. So I tried my best to get my way through like the airport and everything. And I, I went to, my, to the room that I rented and everything, and everything was just weird and kind of like scary because it's, it's a new language, new culture, new country, new city, like basically new everything. I never had this feeling before. It was, it was just like, I don't know, a mix of fear, uh, excitement, 
and not knowing what to do, like adventures. I don't know how to describe it, to be honest, but 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 this is how it started. Yeah, that does sound scary and good on you for doing that. I must ask, though, of course, in the Saudi Arabia, you must have been exposed to media and movies and stuff like that. So before coming to Canada, did you have any ideas or expectations based on what you were exposed to about Canada? And maybe like it was different after you came here that gave you a major culture shock or just, yeah, in general, did you have any expectations of what to expect when you were coming to Canada? Yeah, I think everybody like around the world had exposure to American movies and everything. And since I think American Canadian culture, it's not exactly the same, but it's kind of close. So I kind of like had an idea how people's life is and everything from that perspective. But it's still like it doesn't give you like the exact experience that you're going to be having when you arrive to the country. So honestly, like I knew that it's going to be like very different, but even though like you had a lot of exposure from movies and everything, you're not going to be able to feel it until you experience it yourself. Mm. And you also mentioned that you didn't have any experience with English or French. So how, like of all the places in Canada, did you choose Quebec and take the challenge of learning two completely different foreign languages? All right. So when I arrived to Montreal, like the second day, uh, yeah, the second day, I met someone from Saudi Arabia. So I was like, okay, that's like, that's the person who, you know, like he's going to help me and stuff like that. And when I asked him, like, how long have you been here? He was like, two days. I was like, perfect. So we're, we're, we're on the same boat. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, it was more the people who I met in the beginning, uh, like him and, and a few other friends who were like in the same situation. We were like in the beginning, okay, we're just going to stay in Montreal for like a couple of months, you know, like just get to know the country, what are we supposed to do, how do we like renew our visas and like, you know, all those processes. And then like, we're just going to figure it out. And then like, we're going to go to Toronto or anything like that. Again, that's incredible. Like I personally, I don't believe in coincidences. So I think it's really like cool that you met somebody that was on the exact same boat as you or plane. Haha. But it's really hard to be traveling alone. Like I used to travel to like Asia, but it was always with my family. Like they knew what to do. They would guide me. But um, the first time I actually traveled alone was this summer when I went to Quebec. Actually, I was coming back from Quebec. So that was the first time I ever had to do things on my own. And that alone was really scary. So I can't imagine you being 18 and then having to like shift across the world. It's just very challenging. Yeah, I know. That was like such an experience that I will never forget in my whole life. Honestly, like, I think the way I grew up is kind of different because, you know, like, absolutely, like, Canadian culture and, like, the culture in Saudi Arabia is absolutely different. The way, like, my dad used to teach me and the way I grew up, he was, like, you know, that sort of old mentality. You know, you got to do, like, hard stuff. You got to be tough. You got to tough it out and stuff like that. That was some sort of, like, the, the environment that I grew up in. So from early age, like, my father taught me how to drive when I was, like, really, really young. Uh, my dad like taught me how to spend my money, how to keep my money. At a certain point, when I was like 14 or 15, like he made me basically responsible for the the money and the finance and like the groceries and everything of the whole family. Like you know, just to teach me like how to do the papers and you know how to like calculate the stuff and everything like that. And he taught me like how to swim in an early age. So I'm so so thankful to my dad 
who taught me a lot of survival skills. I think that helped a lot. And that was so useful for you as an independent student coming to a foreign country. That must have been so useful. Since you've been here for like four years now, do you see yourself kind of adapting to the culture of Canada? And do you think you found yourself like a middle ground between Canadian culture and your roots? Or do you still feel homesick from time to time that maybe you want to go back after you get your degree or something? Well, that's a really deep question. I think I've, I've come a long way, but no matter what happens, as long as you're born in a country and you grew up in that country and like you immigrated to another country, you will always feel some sort of being in the middle of the two cultures. Yeah, like you're going to have some problems with belongings and stuff like that because you kind of like not 100% in here or like not 100% in there. Like there's always some language barriers, you know, work barriers, a lot of things. But it has gotten like way better, way better. Uh, and I think like the language barrier is like one of the biggest barriers because, I mean, even in terms of communicating with others, like learning the language in a practical way, not the same as learning the language and you can have like deep, full conversations with the language. So, for example, most of the immigrants who come in here, like they can't learn English in a very deep level. Like they're going to have the practical knowledge, right? They're going to be able to work live their lives in English or in French, uh, but are they going to be able like, to fully immerse in the community? That's really difficult. The younger you are, the better. Uh, but for me, I think I've come a long way. I think Myra knows more about this since like, she was with me in La Pocatel. Myra, what do you think about this? I really want to get your opinion about this one. <laughs> well, I just have to say the way that you speak is like phenomenal. Like considering that you've been here for four years, like that's not a long time to learn a language, but you're able to communicate in that that deep way that you were just talking about. So congrats on that. But also I, I get it because especially if we look at that little town in Quebec where we went, La Pocatière, we were like the only brown people. <laughs> that's absolutely right <laughs> right so like we're surrounded by white christian people it's just super different so even when i was going there it was like i was scared i didn't know what to expect so you don't feel like you belong 100 percent, and i understand that yeah honestly like the experience in la pocatel oh my gosh it was one of the best experiences that i had like my emotions in La Pocatel, because I spent there like three months after you, like I spent a month and a half. Uh -huh. My emotions went up and down so much, so much, because Tatiana and I worked as animator and animatrice. I don't uh -huh. know if you know that or not. Yeah, yeah, I know that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. That was such an experience. I just came back like two weeks ago. But yeah, just being surrounded with, because in the beginning it was, like I had the same experience with English, right? I couldn't communicate in English. I was, you know, I felt like, misunderstood, couldn't express myself in English. And that was like a good experience and a bad experience. You know what I mean? It comes with, with like, it's, 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 it's both things. Uh, but it's like, okay, it's a good experience, but you know what? I don't want to do it again. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's just like too much. And then when I went to La Pocatel, oh my gosh, this happens in French in a more difficult language. I was like, no, bro, no, I can't. Yeah, I can't imagine. But like, I didn't, know that you were going through that like you spoke pretty well so oh thank you very much. <laughs> but yeah I like I mean you're not gonna say everything you feel but like it was it was such an experience but it was so fun like on the other hand like I remember like you know all the good moments that like 
all of us had and oh my gosh that was such an experience that I'll never forget I bet and it's nice to be surrounded by people that are so encouraging like everyone's there to learn the language at their own pace at their own level but they're still understanding and this openness that it's okay to make mistakes it's okay if you're not perfect right away because nobody is it's just about getting better that's absolutely right the surroundings like matters a lot because when we went to La Pocatère, when we like used to learn French, we were expected to make mistakes. So it was like, make mistakes, you know what I mean? And all the people who were around us, they were incredible. They were really good people. Like, I don't want to name some people and forget others, but the animator, the animatrices, our teacher, like all of them, like they were really good people. And it's the same thing in English when I learned English. My surroundings were, with the English experience, it was like, come see, come see, like half and a half. I mean, if you're surrounded by good people who will support you when you make mistakes, oh my gosh, that's a blessing. But sometimes when you don't speak like the language really well and I don't know, like you do something at the hospital or something like that. And like the person in front of you, he's like at the end of the day and he's like, okay, so what do you want to do? You know, and he speaks fast and you kind of like don't understand anything. You're kind of like missing the whole thing. Yeah, that experience makes you feel honestly so bad. So yeah, surroundings matter so much. Yeah, I agree 100%. I was interested in knowing about, since you were talking about how the people in your environment matters, does that mean maybe when you first came here or maybe now, just based off of what the news says and a lot of like recent news about Quebec and their new bill, have you experienced any time where the atmosphere wasn't as great as it could have been? Yes, honestly. One of the decisions that I made before going to explore with Myra and the others, I was like, I'm either going to go there and get the French language like mastered or like, you know, just be able to have the practical knowledge or I'm going to get out of Quebec. Because honestly, it's so stressful when you're misunderstood, when you can't like express yourself, when you speak in a language that others prefer you to speak another, I would say. It is so stressful. So I was like, I'm going to go to La Pocate, I'm going to stay there. If I get the language, I see improvement, fine. I'll, I'll, I'll take it from there and I'll stay in Montreal and, and everything's going to be fine. If I, if I couldn't take the language, if I couldn't like, you know, learn it, it's not like you can't learn it. It's more like it takes a lot of time. I'm just going to get out of Quebec. And honestly, in Quebec, sometimes when you go like to some places, like people will prefer that you speak French with them. You know what I mean? Even if your French is not that good. Yeah, that's so noticeable in Quebec, honestly speaking. But I think my French has gotten like a lot better right now and I could stay in Quebec. Well, that's awesome. And I can imagine it's not easy because all that we want is to be understood correctly. When we talk, we're communicating for a reason because we want to be understood. We have messages that we want to share. One more thing that I really want to talk about is Canadian winter. That's a whole different (laughs) episode that we should talk about, okay? especially from someone who came from the Middle East. Oh my gosh. That's all what I can say. It was really difficult even to pick the clothes. People like will not imagine this, but when you're an immigrant, you find a lot of difficulties getting to know the good material for the winter weather from the bad material. I mean, you got to buy a lot of stuff. For sure. And I'm sure you're definitely not used to that because in Saudi Arabia, like, I don't know. What's the temperature? The lowest temperature there? In my city, in Jeddah, 
the mm -hmm. city I came from, the lowest temperature that I experienced in Jeddah was, I think, 17. What? <laughs> yes, what? Yes, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. But in summer, it's too hot. Like, it's really, really hot. Like, it gets to 50. Okay, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, like, the first time I saw snow, it was it was here, like, in, in Montreal. I was actually, like, taking a shower, and, like, my roommate screamed. He was like, oh, yo, it started snowing, it started snowing. And then I was like, oh, really? Like, I really want to know, like, I really want to see the snow because I've never, I've never seen the snow in my whole life. I was like, okay, fine. I opened the window. I was taking a shower at the time. I opened the window. I was like, oh my gosh, it's snow. I was like, you know, touching it and feeling it. Like, what is this? <laughs> What's this weird thing? <laughs> and it's like, after a couple of seconds, when you realize that snow is cold, you've had enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it took me like some time, to be honest, like to get enough of it. But another thing is the shoveling when you have a car. Oh, mon dieu. <laughs> I mean, I mean, bro, you got to have muscles to do that. Especially yeah. like when there's a snowstorm and stuff like that. It couldn't get any worse. <laughs> like you don't need a gym membership in the winter. You just have to shovel snow. You'll be good. Oh my gosh. Right now, I'm ready to pay whatever amount of money. I mean, not whatever amount of money, but I mean like a decent amount of money for someone, you know, like to do like the, the shoveling or something like that. Because it just like, it takes so much time from you. And it's not just the work. The bad thing is, is, is not the work itself. It's, it's more about staying out in the cold. I can't take it. I'm not used to it. Yeah, just based off of having to go out and shovel, it reminded me that since you came here in 2018, you were here well before the pandemic started. So you must have been here during the pandemic and lockdown might have prevented you from going outside in the snow for a bit. So how is that experience like being locked down in a foreign country for who knew how long you'd be stuck here like that? Oh, wow. I'll start by saying at a certain point, I was like, no, I can't do this. And I'm just going to book a ticket and go back like to Saudi Arabia, you know, just to stay with my family. But, you know, airports were shut down and everything. But honestly, it was a really, really difficult experience. But I learned a lot from it. I learned a lot from it. It was so bad just staying inside, not going anywhere. But the good thing about it is that my roommates were, at the time, from the same culture that I came from. So that helped a lot. The second thing is, I think the pandemic made a lot of people more miserable or like better. Because you have a lot of time, a lot of free time. And you have the choice between using this good time in something that, that's going to impact you in a good way after or in something that is just going to waste your time and, I don't know, like make you more miserable. Uh, I have a friend who told me that in this time, families will get closer together or they will grow apart because they're going to stay with each other like a lot of time mm -hmm. and they have to make it work. So it's either going to be like a really good impact on them after or it's going to be like a really bad impact. For me, like I started reading at the time of pandemic. Honestly, like I was looking for any way to just distract myself because I don't want to stay like free because if you stay free, like you're going to feel homesick and a lot of other things. Honestly, for me, it was a really good experience and a bad experience. I mean, it was both. It sucked, but I think I made a lot from it. Like I started reading, I discovered myself. A lot of what you see from who is Marwan today, I think came from the pandemic. I love that you took the pandemic as something positive for yourself to like grow as a person i'm pretty sure like a lot of people went into it not knowing what to expect but it turned out to be such a 
wonderful time to just reflect on yourself and stay grounded to yourself and understand, like learn to prioritize your surroundings and like what's important to you. So along those lines, you also mentioned that you're very thankful for your roommates or your friends who you've gotten to know here who are from the same culture as you. So has that helped you stay connected to your roots and stay connected to your country and your culture in Canada, like based on what your daily routines or daily habits are? Has being close to people of your culture helped you preserve your routines from back home? Okay, I think like when you come to a new country like Canada, you got to basically do both things. You got to connect to people who are from your culture and, you know, just not to feel homesick and stuff like that. But at the same time, you got to immerse with the Canadian community, right? You can't mm. do like one without the other. That's my point of view and that's my experience. But in difficult times like this, you're usually looking for comfort, right? I mean, you're not going to be like, you know, going out and doing activities and, you know, going like to university and immerse with the community. You're more looking for comfort and people from the same ground as you because it's already a difficult time, right? So you just want to basically be speaking the same language, you know what I mean? It's already difficult. Like you don't want to make it more difficult. So that helped a lot. But when the pandemic ended, I did a lot of activities. I went out like with my friends from university. I did explore with Myra and the others. Like it was a really, really, really good experience. So I think basically you got to do both of the things, like immerse with the Canadian community, but at the same time, you know, keep connected with your own people and stuff like that, just not to feel homesick. For me, honestly, like I need both of them equally. For sure. And it's really interesting getting your insight into it because you came to Canada at a relatively later age. Like, for example, compared to me, I came to Canada when I was six. So even though I have a good idea and a good connection to my Bangladeshi roots, I did grow up in this country with this customs. And as much as I love Bangladesh and I love learning about Bangladesh and being connected to my culture, at the end of the day, most of my practices are going to be more Canada influenced. So it's really interesting to hear about your perspective and how you are finding Canada. It's cool. Yeah. And another thing that I want to talk about is family. For me, this has been the most difficult thing in, in Canada, which is staying away from my family. Even at a certain point, I was like, okay, if my family comes here, like, it's fine. You know what I mean? I, I don't want to go back to Saudi Arabia or anything like that. It's not like I don't want to go back to Saudi Arabia. It's more like if I have my family with me, I'm going to be more comfortable, to be honest, because I'm really, really, really close to my family. Like sometimes I just miss my mom so much, honestly. So one of the most difficult things for me, to be honest, is family. Yeah, absolutely. So even I can go off of that. Family is basically home. Home doesn't have to be a house or a place. It's where you feel like you belong. And for me, that's a similar case, especially with my parents. Like, I feel like they're my best friends. And even having been born and raised here, I don't feel like I completely belong or fit in with the society and culture. And the one thing that does give me some kind of like peace and just like satisfaction is knowing that I have a family who's loving and caring and just always there to listen to me. So I understand where you're coming from, for sure. Yeah, honestly, like this is the only thing that I can't replace. It's just irreplaceable, you know what I mean? Other things, I don't know, like you can work it out. Like I had honestly like friends from, from Saudi Arabia. Like I don't even consider them as friends. They're like brothers and sisters to me, you know what I mean? They're, they're absolutely more than friends. But I mean, it's not like you can work it out. I mean, you're going to meet new people in here. Like, like it's going to get better. 
parents, like those two people, that's like, I just can't, honestly. Hypothetically, if you had your parents with you, do you think you'd want to live with them in Canada or to be close to them? Do you think you'd want to go back to Saudi Arabia? I mean, if I have the option to go back to Saudi Arabia, honestly, and live there, like that's going to be better if we're just talking purely about what I prefer, right? Not what the circumstances are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like if you grow up in a country for 18 years and because I came here when I was 18, like not that young, honestly, like I would just prefer to go back there. But that's just, you know, if I can do what I prefer, but it's not always the case. This is off topic, but you mentioned that you're a finance student, if I recall correctly. Yep. So, so far we've been talking a lot about language and French and English. I'm assuming you knew the degree you were pursuing before coming to Canada. So did you have an idea of how the degree was going to play out or what you were going to study? And was it a different experience in real life based on what you expected? And is finance something you enjoy, you chose, and you see yourself having a career with? Okay, honestly, when I came here when I was 18, like I was kind of like clueless about what I wanted to do. I think everybody at that age, they're kind of clueless. But what I discovered is that I'm interested in a lot of things because in the beginning, my degree was in marketing and then I changed it to business administration. And after that, like I did finance and I'm really into arts. I'm really into music. I'm really into a lot of things. So I really love finance, especially like the investment side of it. But honestly, this is a problem that I'm having right now is that I can't stay in one place. So like if there's a career that would give me the opportunity to do finance for three years and then marketing for another three years and then, I don't know, like arts for another three years, like I'll absolutely go and pursue that career. So I'm still kind of like figuring it out, but finance and investment as a beginning interests me. Yeah, absolutely does. I love that. And we recently talked about this on an episode about how environmental or familial pressures can kind of swayed us into different directions of our field. Has your family's support helped you or motivated you or guided you to stay or change your goals or what you're trying to pursue out of your degree? Yeah, absolutely all the time. Like I consult with them a lot, but just to be honest, they support me a lot. But the thing is, the culture in here, the job opportunities, the system of education in Canada is so different than Saudi Arabia. So sometimes they give me insights based on the educational system and based on the job opportunities in Saudi Arabia, which is kind of like there's you know a gap in that. So the Canadian market and the market in Saudi Arabia is really different. So I would say they support me a lot because they want to support me, but there is a gap, you know what I mean? They don't know everything about here. Right. There's like a cultural gap. Yep. That's what a lot of my family discussions are around. Like, it's just sometimes my parents don't have the same perspective as us just because they didn't grow up here, which sometimes they take the wrong way and think that we just don't trust them. But at the end of the day, it's just, yeah. you don't know everything about here. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I deal with that a lot, but sometimes I just say yes a lot. I mean, honestly, like my parents are really understanding. So if I tell them, no, like it works differently in here, they're going to understand that since they're not in here. So they're going to be like, honestly, like they have a lot of confidence in me. So they would advise me, give me advice and guide me. But at the end of the day, if I tell them, no, like I think this is better and I give them my point of view, like at the end of the day, they're going to trust me, which is good. 
that's good. That kind of helps to keep a balance between both cultures. Yeah, and keep also like my conscience clear that I'm making <laughs> them mad. Or, like I'm gonna see a sandal flowing from Saudi Arabia to here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we might quote that to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just curious about something because Myra and I talk about it all the time is not necessarily like our immediate family experiences, because you've mentioned you're pretty close with your family, but we also like talking about our extended families who kind of we're not really close with, but when they find out that we are living in a foreign country and we speak a foreign language, they kind of prioritize us in a different way or see us in a different light compared to the rest of the family. Have you had any experiences like that? Yeah, absolutely. I know exactly what you're talking about. Usually when someone go and they think that you get a better life, not necessarily you're getting a better life, to be yes. honest. It depends on the person. Uh, it depends on the environment and they don't know anything. It's just like, because the media and, you know, the movies having a big influence. On yeah, the they glamorize people. North American countries like it's the ultimate dream. That's the thing. And honestly, for me, even speaking from every perspective, honestly, for me, living in Saudi Arabia is way better than living in Canada for me right now. I mean, even financially, jobs in there and a lot of things in there. Like There are good and bad parts. But yeah, when I go back to, to Saudi Arabia, I see that clearly. You know what I mean? Oh, yo, you're the man and all of that stuff. But it's kind of interesting. But I mean, sometimes you just have to go with the flow. You can't just change the ideas of your extended family when you go like there. Sometimes you just go with their ideas, you know, just like have the conversation, just flow. Because especially like the old ones of them, like, you know, your aunts, your uncles, it's like, Mm -hmm. it's so difficult to change people's minds when they're older. It's not as flexible as when they're younger, I think. Yeah, it's definitely sometimes easier to just stay quiet. In Bangla, we have a phrase, I'll try to translate it. It's like, if someone says something that, I don't agree with, will say something like, who are they? I don't eat their food and they're not teaching me or I don't learn their lessons to be taking what they say personally, if that makes sense. Like they're not benefiting me in any immediate way for me to take their words so personally that they affect me day and night. I absolutely understand this one. Yeah. Uh, You can relate. (laughs) Yes. Like, At the end of the day, that's the goal, to not care what they think, because they don't know who we are, really. They just get a a really tiny, like, snapshot and think that we're, like, complete Canadians sometimes, which is not necessarily true. I know there's specific people in my family, (coughs) Grandpa, but (laughs) I know that you're judging me even when you're not talking kind of thing. But at this point, I don't think you will understand, and that might be because of a language barrier. Or just because you don't know that this stuff exists. But like, I'm not going to spend that much time or energy trying to convince you because it's just, it's not worth it. Yeah, I completely understand. To be honest, I learned this lately, but it's a really, really great lesson. There's a gap between us and our families, you know what I mean? But it's not just with your family. You're going to have a gap with everybody on this planet. So at the end of the day, just like me, honestly, I'm just like comfortable with myself or anybody they should be comfortable with themselves and the fact that you accept that you're different and you're not supposed to satisfy everybody hey like i'm just different and you're just different our brains are not together people study psychology for master's degree and phd degree to understand people 
and you think you're gonna understand me that fast okay fine like we agree to disagree you know what i mean like you're good i'm good bye-bye preach i totally agree i used to care a lot at one point and i guarantee that was like the time i was the most depressed so not worth it yeah honestly not worth it i mean as long as you're respecting people's limits okay and you're respecting your own limits and you did your best you know not to hurt other people or anything like that after that it's kind of like not your responsibility yeah if you're not willing to take advice from them why are you taking criticism for them is basically what i like to say absolutely well said another thing i don't know if this can go live or not but Oh my gosh, that's one of the worst experiences maybe that I had, but it was so funny. That was maybe in the second day of Montreal or the third day in Montreal, okay? So I arrived there. I wanted to get to know people and, you know, like experience the culture. I had that excitement inside of me. I was like, fine, I'm going to go to downtown Montreal. Like it's the weekend. I'm going to, I want to see people. Like I want to see how people like are living their lives because it's just so different, right? I was like, okay, fine. So I went there. I thought that there's going to be some sort of festivals, celebrations. I don't know. Anything that is interesting. So my English was so bad at the time, right? So I was like, okay, I'm going to ask someone if there is festivals or anything like that in downtown Montreal. So I was preparing the phrase in my head. Okay, so I am a tourist and I am looking for gatherings. I'm a tourist and I'm looking for gatherings. And I was repeating it in my mind. And the more you repeat it, the more possibility that you're going to fuck it up. I mean, no, that's going to be cut. The more you repeat it, the more possibility that you're going to, you know, like, miss. Hey, how do you say fuck it up in a good way? Screw um, it up. Screw it up, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so basically, the more you repeat it in your head, the more chances that you're going to screw it up. So I went to that lady. I was like, hey, how's it going, ma'am? And she was like, good. And I was like, okay, so I am a terrorist, and I'm looking for gathering. No. <laughs> and she was like bro her face everything just like stopped like it's a pose you know and i was like please tell me this is a dream <laughs> this is a true story that happened to me okay that was like you know the first interaction with a real comedian aside from the like immigration officers and i mean the airport thing and all of that in myself i was like bro like i, I was in the united states just like two days ago like, they're so nice. Why are people here, like, not, not responding? And her face was just, like, so different. And then she just walked away. And she just, like, ignored me and walked away. And then, like, I was like, okay, what did I do wrong? And then I opened Google Translate. I was like, no way I did this. And I ran away. I literally ran away. I was like, maybe she's going to do something bad. She's going to report me to the police or anything like that. I literally went home went home directly so that was like one of the worst stories that happened to me holy that's insane <laughs> oh my god i think it doesn't help that it plays into a common stereotype apparently people might perceive muslims to be terrorists that's just a sad stereotype that exists but also i'm glad that didn't happen at an airport because bro if that did, I don't know what would have happened. Oh my gosh. We wouldn't be having this conversation right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Because it was literally a genuine mistake. Because uh-huh. the word tourist and terrorist, like, they're really close to each other. For non-native speakers, 
it's it's uh, it's it's really close to each other for you guys i think like you're native speakers but for me it was like the same thing basically oh for sure i understand that and like you said it was a genuine mistake but at least you learn from that <laughs> oh, oh i learned oh i learned <laughs> believe me i learned <laughs> well i don't know if, if, if this could go live or not but like i just, just stay there <laughs> Well, just to clarify, you're not a terrorist, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. How do we um, take the conversation from there? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to figure it out. Same actually festivals. Did you ever? <laughs> yeah. Did you ever end up going to one? Because. I know Montreal has some really cool carnivals I've been to. Oh, yeah, that's one of the best things, honestly, in Montreal, like the festivals and like, you know, like in summer, it's basically like every weekend. That's so nice, to be honest. Yeah, I've been to a lot of them. I have to ask, have you taken a picture with Banam, the snowman guy during Carnaval? No, what is that? <laughs> what is Banam? Myra, do you know? I'm pretty sure you know. Yeah, I know who Bonam is. <laughs> okay, so you're going to explain right now? So it's this like snowman mascot dude in a costume, but it's just, he's just, he's, he's so cute. I don't know how to explain it. It's a huge part of the Quebec Carnavals where they do the maple syrup on the snow and the ice sculpture igloos and castles. So Bonam is basically the mascot of it. He's this snowman type guy with a huge joker type smile and a red hat that kind of falls to the side. If you Google him, he's a staple, especially for people outside of Quebec in school where we're learning French. Our French lessons and French classes revolve around him during February because that's when Carnaval is. I probably should like learn more about Quebec's culture. <laughs> they should have taught us that and explore Maya, though. They should have. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, there's so much to cover about Quebec. It's very unique. There are very few places that are as special as Quebec, I would say. Yeah, honestly, like I've been living in Montreal for four years. When you live like in Montreal for a while, it gets really difficult to get out of it. You know, just like to, to go to another province because the uniqueness of the English language and the French language together, people like speak both of the languages and Quebec's culture with the English culture, like in Montréal, you kind of like see the two and it's a really good mix. It's just so rich. You don't have that combination almost anywhere else. So I understand mm. that. Yeah. And like my friends in university who are born in here, they're going to speak to me in English. I mean, I mean, okay, fine. Like I understand. And then all of a sudden they're going to switch to French. My brain goes like, oh, yo, 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 stop, 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 stop. No, 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 no. You know what I mean? Like, okay, if you're going to speak French, like, I don't mind it, but like, just speak French or just speak English. But they speak both of the languages because there's like certain expressions that, you know, it's, it's better explained in just French. And there's certain expressions that are better explained just in English. Oh, I agree. And it's hard to train your brain to differentiate those two languages. But at the same time, you're building those skills really fast which is tough, but also amazing. Okay. So I think you guys asked me enough questions. It's my turn to ask you questions. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's, let's make this about you a little bit. <laughs> How did you guys start this podcast? I mean, I yeah, really want to know. Come on, tell them. Yeah, uh, go ahead, Eggie. <laughs> um, so basically, before I started this podcast, 
I had another project, a little tiny project called Mission Marigold I did within my high school where we'd handwritten messages to all 11, 1200 students in the school. So that was kind of a high school thing. So after high school, I wanted to do something different. And since I am in a psychology specialist program, so analyzing people, analyzing how people mesh with different cultures and societies, like I thrive off of that. I love learning about all things human mind. So I wanted to like learn about us who grew up in Canada or like have lived in Canada, but our roots are different. Like we come from different countries because each of our experiences are different and each of us have our own stories that can sometimes get hidden by mass media because mass media glamorizes the Western world. And even like in our motherlands, like back home, like you mentioned, there's such a huge glamorization of how they see America, how they see us coconuts as we call it how they see us and how they expect us to live compared to the realities so I just wanted to like touch up on the reality and I reached out to Myra because I know she'd be just as interested in this and she's also passionate about raising awareness and creating social change so yeah that's basically how it started we just wanted to share other people's stories in a platform that other people can reach out to learn about connect with you don't see that as much as you should compared to how multicultural Canada is becoming. Wow, wow. Like, kudos for you guys. To be honest, it's the first time I see such a podcast. I mean, you know, touching on something that is, like, I would say a vital part of Canada because Canada is like um, a country of immigration. A lot of people immigrate to it. And I kind of, like, haven't seen anyone talking about, like, you know, like, those gaps and, like, like my culture and like the Canadian culture and all of that. So, wow, like kudos for you starting this and, 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 and keep going. Thank you. That means a lot. Just to add to that, I think we both reached a point where, like you said, these conversations haven't really taken place in the past. And we just thought that like they need to happen because there's so much that goes on and I think the world should know about. So, yeah, thank you again for being part of this. Your story is very unique and we enjoyed listening to what you had to say up till now. Well, thank you very, very much, Myra and Aggie, for having me. It's such a pleasure for me to be here and share my story. Hope you guys enjoyed as well. And, uh, yep, I think that's it. Thank you so much. Myra covered it really nicely. It was so nice to hear a different perspective. And we really appreciate you taking the time so late at night to chat with us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much for that. Honestly, one of the things that I got surprised about is that I thought that the fitting in thing and, you know, like, I thought that I'm the only one who had this in the beginning or just like immigrants, maybe. But when you guys told me that you're like, you know, maybe like first or second gen, like immigrants, or you guys came like, you know what I mean? Early on in your life and you're like, you're feeling the same way that I feel. It helps a lot. And I think there's a lot of people out there who are like feeling the same thing, but there is nobody basically talking about it. But I think when they listen to this podcast or like, since you guys like keep doing this and everything, it's going to have a great impact. I'm grinning so hard right now. Thank <laughs> you. That's the goal. We, we want people to be able to feel comfortable and relate and know that you're not alone. Yeah, that's the thing. The fact that you know you're not alone, there's like other people going through the same experience. This makes you like more comfortable, honestly. Absolutely. You've reached the end of another episode of The Hidden Coconuts. Thanks for listening. 
Be sure to check out our Instagram at The Hidden Coconuts for bloopers, more of our wandering thoughts, and a chance to be a guest on our show. We love to discuss and tackle everyday coconut quandaries, so stay tuned, and we'll see you on top of the coconut tree soon. Bye.